I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes. Oh, oh, you know what I'm going to do, Ashley? I'm going to start, I'm going to have the music on the side so I can actually hear it. Right. That's what I'm going to do now. We can Guys, that we're on beat. Exactly. Guys, welcome to 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After Season 5, Episode 2. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Linda Entry, and I'm joined with the lovely Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, guys. Hey, 90 Day fans. Hey, Linda. Guys, it's been another week, another juicy, juicy, juicy week. Uh, I just want to jump in, so let's just jump in. Let's start with Colt and Jess. So we see Colt and Jess in the second episode uh, after they've had sex, so they got that morning glow, um, and they also have that morning awkwardness, right? Like, it's awkward. So we see Colt coming in with his coffee and food for them, which I thought was, you know thoughtful although if you're at a hotel they do have room service so you know that, that there's that um and she really just really wants him to to tell uh debbie that she's the new girl in town and colt is not willing to do it like he's not willing to do it he doesn't want to like have anything to do with her his mom knowing that he's now in a new relationship, right? Fast right. forward, they're exploring Chicago. Um, he's kind of trying to dig into her background. He tells her about Larissa and the domestic violence times three. And she's kind of caring for him, and which I thought, you know, she's understanding, she's listening, and she's like trying to be empathetic to a situation. Um, and then they go meet her friends and then Colt does a 360. And I just, I was like, oh, that's the Colt I remember. Super, super, like, uh, domineering, uh, controlling. If he doesn't want to do it, then we're not doing it. And I just thought it was a bad look. I thought he made a bad first impression. I thought that her friends really tried to stick up for her. Um, And then even with this Vanessa gym friend, you know, I have some tea about that later. But I just thought all of it was completely wrong. And I thought that he handled himself really like a selfish person what did you think yeah I like Jess I think she has a really sweet and fun and supportive uh personality she definitely showed herself to be supportive especially when Colt explained what he went through um with his ex so um I I definitely like that about her I think if anything out of this whole situation Jess now sees what she's dealing with she understands the personality type of Colt she understands, like you said, the selfish nature and like kind of like the spoiled, uh, spoiled aspect of him. Um, I do think that it was important for them to kind of spend that one-on-one time together, though, because it was his last day or last night in Chicago. So I kind of saw both sides of it, but I think he could have gave a little bit. Go hang out with the friends and her a little bit more, appease her. And then you guys can go back to the room. I don't think it should have just been like, no, I'm ready to go. I also think that the friends were a bit aggressive in uh, their approach as well. I think they were, I think they were doing too much. As I was watching, I was like, ooh, y'all are, y'all are uh, really trying to, trying to drum up the drama, as I always say. So, um, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think just 
seems like a sweet girl, but I also think she's no nonsense. So Colt's going to have to get it together. And he's going to have to let go of his internal baggage of what he went through before. Because I feel like he's putting that off on Jess. Like, don't date another Brazilian girl if you're going to judge her based on the previous Brazilian girl that she dated, right? Or how about just don't don't take your baggage from your old relationship into your new relationship? That's it. That's it, whether she's Brazilian or not. I just think that... I agree with that. I just said that because I feel like he was bringing that into it so much. Like I dated and I dated a Brazilian girl before, you know, he was making that a thing. So if, if that's your hangup, don't date another Brazilian girl. If you're going to keep doing that, but the issue is he can't let go of the past. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think it's that I was think more, I felt was more like, uh, you know, I have a black friend and he's around a bunch of, Brazilian girls, so he wanted to like legitimize himself. Like, oh, I- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I've been here before. I've done this before. It's my jam kind of thing. And I don't know, something about it just didn't seem right. And I think that the way he acted made her friends defensive, made her friends want to like stick up for her and be like, well, if she wants to go, she can go. You're, you can't control her. Like she's her own person. Um, but I do agree with you that I think that she is super level-headed and I, like in this situation here that we've seen today and that she's really seeing a different side of Colt that maybe she hadn't seen because we got to remember this is only their second time seeing each other in real life. Right. What did we, and another thing that I think made him a bit skittish was that she said that she dated seven Americans within a six month time frame, which is fine. She's single. She can do that. But I think that made him very nervous. I'm like, the girl lives in Chicago. So, yeah, she's going to date Americans. <laughs> but I think that made him uh, skittish as well. Did you think that that was a cause for concern or he was overreacting with that? He's way overreacting. Like she said, and I'm going to repeat it, you came with a pass. I came with a pass. If she's single then isn't that what dating is? You go out on date. So six months, that's like one person a month. What's the big friggin' deal? I think the only deal is, I think, is that in his mind, that means that she had sex with seven people. And that's why he was feeling jealous because she talked about how Brazilians like to have sex and kiss immediately. And so I think that's what he was thinking about and not anything else. Yeah. Do you think that, speaking of the sex situation, do you think this is a relationship of passion only? Or do you think that we have some depth here? Like, do you think that the relationship is just based on sex and it's going to end up phasing out? You know what they say, like, you come together real fiery and real quick, it kind of dwindles out just as fast. Do you think we're dealing with that kind of situation with Colt? Yeah, I don't even think it's... I think they're both coming in with their own agendas. I think that Colt is lonely. I think Colt has a type, and in his mind, his type is Brazilian women. And I think that she has only a few months left on her visa, and she wants to stay in the U.S. 
So she is speeding up this relationship because we even hear in this episode how she mentions the K-1 visa. And so I think they're both come in, they're both coming in hot, but for different reasons. Sex wants sex. <laughs> Colt just wants to have sex and like a plaything, and she wants to like lock it down. So mm, we'll see. We'll see how everything plays out with these two. Uh, let's move on to Paul and Karini. Yes. Who are my faves. So um, they've now decided to move back to America because Paul now needs to support Karini and Pierre. Um, and he cannot make money in Brazil at all. Like he cannot do it. Um, Karini now has her green card approved and she's com- uh, she's a complete permanent resident. Um, so, but the thing about it, I think that's kind of, it's, it's kind of shocking, but not so shocking is that Karini's actually not excited to go to America. She would rather stay in Brazil to have her family and her, her support system and be in her comfort zone, which I completely understand. Um, but what I think what was so interesting about this couple, this episode was that Paul's packing up his stuff. He got the baby packed up. He has Karini packed up with no place to go once they get to America. We see him have the FaceTime with his mommy and mommy says no to him moving in with his parents. Paul, you need to get it together. You're 35 now for the love of God. Um, get your own place, be responsible and get it together. And here, what, what I thought was so interesting and so telling was that she wasn't necessarily against the fact of them Paul moving back in with her but she was like if I let you back in you're not gonna leave ever ever and I at first I was like dang is she being harsh with them but I kind of feel like she has a point I think Paul likes to Paul's a bit of a as they say chi chi baby he hangs on to mommy heavy and I think if she doesn't put her foot down with him he will take advantage and not in a negative way but he'll you know, hang up, continue to hang on to his mom. What did you, what were your thoughts about Paul and Karini this episode? All that. So all, I'm just going to jump off of everything that you said. I found it so interesting that they were prepared in so many ways and then unprepared in so many ways. Like, okay, so you got her green card. You got her on that C1 spousal visa. That's all set. You guys are all packed, but you're packed with no place to go. Like, and you're calling your mom the day that you're going to go to the airport to ask her if you, you can stay with her while you get a job and find a place, knowing that your mom is going to say no, because your mom has been saying no. She has cut you off since last season. You have to stand on your own TP and you didn't think of that. Like, so what were you going to do? You're just going to land in Louisville and just be like, fingers crossed. My parents are going to let us stay. And that's that. Like, that's a huge assumption. And so I think it was shocking to him that she said no, because he was basically like, Hey, yeah, we're about to leave for the airport. And can you do me a favor? Can we stay with you? And she's like, no, this place is too small. And yes, she was willing to um, set them up in a hotel for a few days, but that's just a few days. Like, what are you going to do with all your stuff? Like, I just don't get, I don't get that. Like I could never move like that. Like you're moving somewhere and you have no place to stay the first thing you secure I would think Mm -hmm. um so I thought that was interesting I am happy to see Paul and Karini back on because I find him fascinating and that couple is just like one of my favorites I just think that 
even if they're not trying to create drama, they're so entertaining. Um, I thought it was also interesting how uh, they talked. He talked about their relationship being a roller coaster relationship because it really is. And and we followed their journey. How many times he said that they're going to get divorced, that she left him, and that that there were allegations of cheating on her end. So it's so interesting to just watch this journey of the two of them. It is. I agree. And I, I agree with you on the fact that um, I'm happy as well that they're, that they're back together and things seem to be stable for now. But it was very interesting that he did all this preparation, but didn't prepare for a place for them to stay. So it kind of made me wonder, like, are they doing this for the cameras? Like, are they just putting on, for, was that conversation just for that, for that scene, you know? Was that I a, was that I don't a think so. put together? I don't know. I don't think so. Cause I think that, I think that um, Mary, his mom knows Paul. And I think that this is part of his plan. Like he was thinking, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to have to invest what little money I have in a place because my, my parents, will let me stay with them. And she knows that as soon as that he came in, he, he wasn't leaving anytime soon. I mean, we see it in the preview where she, she's driving and he jumps out of the car. Like he's very, he's very specific. Like when he says, this is what it is, this is what it is. And he can rarely change his mind. So. Agreed. All righty. Uh, let's move on to Kalani and Azuelu. Okay. Um, <laughs> this couple. So, is is we meet his friends uh, Joshua and Toa, if I'm saying it right, playing volleyball. Um, and he's kind of just like decompressing how he's feeling about his relationship. He's feeling homesick, and uh, you know, he feels like his job is to just quote unquote be a man. And says this is a crazy coat, but he's like you can take the man out of the island, but you can't take the island out of the man. And I, I'm used to just doing quote unquote man stuff. And you see in uh, the episode where he's like chopping coconuts or whatever. And he's used to his mom doing all the cooking, the cleaning and the raising the kids. And he's like, Oh, but it's different in America. Cause Kalani wants me to do laundry and do dishes and help with the kids. And I'm just like, well, they're your kids. You know what I mean? And I get that it's a there's a cultural difference, but I have a feeling that, you know, there must be also some support mm-hmm. in Samoa for, for his mom. Like, she's super mom for sure, but he's not doing anything. He's only working part-time, so why not help with your own children? I, like, I, I guess I just don't understand that. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I was, I was watching the episode. I said, okay, so obviously gender roles are alive and well in Asuelu's world or in the Samoan country culture um, because he was totally against, you know, doing anything that he deemed women's work, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was clear about there was man's work and there's women's work. Yep. My issue is, okay, my thing is, okay, you can you can believe in gender roles. Everybody has their own belief system, but you're not really doing the man's job. Right. You're not fully bringing home the bacon like you should be. So let's not hold too tight to these gender roles because you're slacking on your end big time. So I thought that that was interesting. 
Um, and what did you think, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about him having this, I guess, homesickness thing going on? Like, I get it. You, you can be homesick. But the fact that he would kind of put his family's financial security on the line to fulfill his desire or need or want to go home is was a little much for me. And it is expensive. I looked it up online. It is expensive for them to travel from, I just looked it up from LAX to Samoa and that's $1,000. That's $1,092 right now. If I were to go to Samoa in August, it would be very expensive. And I could only imagine me doing that with a family, you know? So my thing is like, why, why even bring that up? That shouldn't even be a conversation right now. You're not in the financial state to do that. I mean, I agree with you. First of all, you're only working part-time. Second of all, like you said, if you're going to play the man role, then you should uh, play the man role and, and, and bring home the bacon while your wife is at home uh, taking care of the kids in the house, if that's what you guys signed up for. However, you even said that your part-time job, he says it, doesn't bring in a lot of money. And so just like Kalani said, she didn't say she agreed, but she did say when they were doing like the talk back to the camera, how she felt like he was manipulating her a little bit to go home. And I think that that's exactly what it was. I think that he's like a a man child and he feels homesick. So what does he want to do? Go home despite the finances. Like you have two kids. So it's the four of you, but you're talking about, not only airfare, you're talking about staying at a resort, plus you want to bring money um, and gifts for the people back home. But how are you planning to pay for all of this? Because the money's not going to come out of the air. And if she's saying, you know, we don't want to dip into what little funds we have so that we come back and can't pay our bills, that makes sense. And so for me, it was like, it seemed to me like she is the only adult in that relationship right now. Like I really, and I think that their age difference is is showing and you would think that by him having two kids he would have grown up a little bit more but it doesn't look like from what I'm seeing that he has it all no he hasn't and I feel like we see this selfish selfish tendency with him Um, I'm seeing the pattern because even with the date night right Mm -hmm. Um, she wanted to spend some one-on-one time and he thought oh let me put together a date and we go at, what is it, axe bowing or axe throwing? Axe throwing. Axe throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to an axe throwing facility. I'm like, why you, I, I mean, although she had a decent time, you didn't want to think of something that your wife would truly want to do. I just feel like he's a little. Selfish? Rich. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He did that because he wanted to do it. What was great about her is that she just wanted time together with her husband and to connect. And so she was willing to just be anywhere as long as they were um, having a good time together. Uh, I'm seeing a little bit in the live chat and I do want to mention it about the, the chest bumping. Um, I don't have a husband if I had a husband and I would totally be down to do this ax throwing, but you are definitely not chest bumping me. Like that's not <laughs> going to be a thing. I thought it was so weird. And not cute. Like, I just didn't think it was cute. Like, I know it was all in jest, but it just seemed really weird. Yeah. And before we move on to the next couple, like you said, I do want to shout out the live chat because they, they got it popping. Her usual. Hi, everyone in the live chat. 
We have uh, Nakia Manuel, Jean Wilson, Geek Girl, Miss Brown Sugar, uh, Big Papa Medina. Um, so thank you guys all, all so much, uh, Nakia Emanuel as well. Um, so they're they're in agreement. They think that uh, uh, Asuelo is a man boy, a man child. So we'll see what happens with this couple. But let's move on to Andre and Elizabeth. Boy, oh boy, this, yeah, I was a little disturbed, I will say. But let me just break it down really quick. Um, so Andre is uh, insisting on having this wedding in Moldova. Um, he's not worried about the last minute wedding accommodations that need to be made. He's not worried about the money because he knows Elizabeth's daddy has it. Um, when she explains to him how this last minute arrangement, wedding arrangement, um, is going to negatively affect their fam her family that needs to travel to Moldova, he could care less. He actually says that um, they won't be that affected because they're all rich. They all own businesses and drive nice cars. And he feels like they live a fabulous life. So what the heck is the problem? Um, so, you know, Elizabeth obviously has to have a conversation with her sisters. She has a conversation with her father, an emotional conversation at that with her father about the wedding. And um, her dad basically says he knew it. He knew that he was going to be basically left on the hook to a pay for the wedding and he knew that andre wasn't going to have the kahunas to actually um or even just be a decent human being enough to sit down and have a conversation with him and ask him man to man to pay for the wedding and i completely agree with with her, her dad on that um but what i found to be so interesting and I know that you're going to really dig in on this Linda was that when Elizabeth went back to Andre and explained to him hey you know my dad is okay with paying for the wedding but he wishes that you would have came to him and had a conversation so because you didn't do that I think that you need to have a conversation with him one-on-one -on -one and just thank him and you guys need to kind of you know just have that man-to-man -man conversation he was still worried about how much money the dad was going to be giving for the wedding. And if we're going to have a big wedding, are we going to have celebrity performances at our wedding? And I think in that moment, that showed a lot about his personality and his character and who she's marrying. And my advice to Elizabeth would be run now, get out of that situation because that man is focused on the wrong things. Linda, what are your thoughts? Oh my God. <laughs> I had to like take a deep breath. Okay. So here's the thing. I really am trying to like this couple and I'm really trying to root for them because, you know, they have a baby now and they're trying to move forward and all of this stuff. But if you guys recall meeting him in previous season, he is a definition of like, oh, I'm the manly man and I bring home the bacon and I'm in charge of the house, all of that. And I think he did a huge bait and switch on her. I think that, you know, he never, ever did want to work. He has what they've been married for like three years now. And he's not, he's still not working. He's still not working. So he's a stay at home dad, which is totally fine, but that is not how he came in. And here's where I think the bait and switch is. I think he came in thinking that he was going to be all this big, bad um, provider man in charge of the household, but then came to America and realized, oh, it's actually really hard and you have to start somewhere and build. And he didn't want to do that because he's too lazy. He, he's, he thinks he's bigger and better than he is. So he doesn't want to go 
uh, learn trucking and do only a few hours. He just expects it all handed to him. But on the flip side, he sees that uh, Elizabeth's family is all successful. They all have businesses and they're all in his words, quote unquote, rich. And he wants to live off, of, off that richness. He wants to have all the success and the money without doing any of the work. And he's content with just kicking it at home and feeling entitled to their money, especially her dad's money. So when she came home, first of all, when he wouldn't go to, to him man to man and say, hey, listen, uh, I'd like to have this wedding and, you know, would you pay for it? Would you help me pay for it or whatever? But he brought, he made her do it. Uh, that just showed to me where he was and where he was. He was like, I don't really care. It's about the money for me. And that's exactly what he said as soon as she came home. So how much? What's the budget? 50,000. Don't forget you're already married. So you, you know why you want to have a 50,000 plus wedding. He said, Oh, What's the budget? Like 50000 And then he's like, oh, I'm just going to go big. Remember, you don't have a job and money is tight for you guys right now, but you're going to go big. You're going to go big because you're going to go home and you're going to show off and you're going to act like you are so successful in America on someone else's dime. And that's disgusting to me. I think he's a leecher. And I think that she should not waste the money because remember, you guys, they didn't even have a place to stay. The dad had to give them a place to stay. He's still not working, but you want to go ahead and spend 50000 on a wedding in, in um, Moldova just to prove what? Mm-hmm. You're a faker McFaker, and that's not okay. You're a faker McFaker that is using, and someone has to cut you off. Like, go get a job, dude. Go get a job. If you want to live the lavish life- lifestyle, get a job that affords you to do that and stop living off of her family. That's how I feel about it. I agree. He wants to live the the fabulous life. That's fine. But you have to finance that fabulous life as well. I do want to highlight Nakia Emanuel in the live chat. She said, oh, I checked $1 in the U.S. is $17.25 in Moldova. So if the dad gave them 50K for the wedding, they could have a really nice wedding. So he's trying to have like basically, you know, $500,000 Moldova wedding. Yeah. Because if it's $17 to the dollar times 50000 so that's yeah. a big wedding. It's a big wedding. So I just think that he's very thoughtless and selfish. We're seeing the selfish trend on this yeah. podcast. I don't yeah. know. But very, very thoughtless. Um, Let's move on to Larissa. Okay, yeah, so I, okay, so with Larissa, I don't know what to say about her. She's she's getting set up on a blind date. She thinks that possibly a blind, she says she doesn't care if the blind date is blind or not. I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious too. She said, at this point, I just want a good man. But I was just listening to her talk and I'm like, well, I, I don't think that Colt was necessarily, necessarily a bad guy um, to her. Um, I think he did he did quite a bit of bending and accommodating for her. So uh, what? I I think so. I think so. I mean he, he she was spoiled a little bit, Linda. You don't think so? No. You don't not think she was spoiled? Spoiled by Colt? Well she I mean, she was able to get some of the things that she wanted, like cosmetic surgery and things like that. She got her lips done. That's it. Oh, okay. I just I was under the impression that she had 
a lot more done than that. She got a lot more done after she left him. Okay, understood. Understood. But listen, I, listen. Nope. What's your breakdown of Larissa? Uh, I think that I think that Larissa uh, wants to feel good about herself, and I think that she, for whatever reason, has bought into what the outside says is beautiful. And you know, if we remember from her season, uh, Kim Kardashian was like a big idol to her. And I think that that's what she's trying to emulate. And so uh, she even said it, like she grew up conservative, raised Catholic. She wants to feel more confident, more sexy about herself. And in, in that, it's the uh, X, is that the word I'm looking for? She wants to like exude sexy outwardly versus anything else. So I don't know. I think everyone deserves happiness. And I think how, how whatever makes you feel beautiful then that's what you should do. Uh, however, I do think that she could be working on other stuff too, like working on what she wants to do to make her happy in her life, like whether that's work, that's volunteering, whatever that is, like all the other stuff, and then the man will fall into place. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're not happy and comfortable and confident in yourself, then how are you going to be happy, confident, and comfortable in a relationship? At least that's how I see it. Um, and then she has, you know, some specifications where she wants tall, handsome, skinny, geeky, smart. And we all have our, our own quote unquote types. Um, but sometimes our type is not the person that you end up, end up with, you end up with the person that you connect with. So I just think it's important to, to work on like the inside stuff as well as the outside stuff. Yeah. Raydella Lewis said she wants to be a stripper. Is that true? Well, she said maybe I should just be a stripper, but she said oh, it in just. Yeah, in just. Oh, yeah. So she did joke about that. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. I was like, wait a second, did we miss something? Yeah. Okay. Um, all so, right. Um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Do you want to move on to Angela and Michael? Yeah. So Angela, Angela, Angela. So we know Angela's going back to Nigeria, um, but she needed to take care of a few things. One of the things is uh, her mom. And the other thing is she wanted to uh, go to a gynecologist because she uh, all of a sudden got her period after two, three years. Um, And the gynecologist was basically like pretty direct with her. She's like, well, if you hadn't haven't had your period in a couple of years, this is probably not a period. This could be uh, uh, cyst. This could be fibroids. Um, she said it's unlikely. It's a period, and uh, it's going to be difficult for you physically to carry a baby. And then she's like, "You have no eggs, so you could possibly get pregnant through in vitro with a donor egg." Um, but the biggest scare here is that we want to make sure that you don't have ovarian cancer. So uh, that it was a whole lot. Like you walk in thinking, Hey, you have this one egg. And like Angela says, you want to tote a baby and you come out finding out that a, that's not your period. B, it could be, um, uh, a cyst or it could be a fibroid. And we need to now, uh, get, I can't remember what it's called, but we need to get like, something else than than um, ultrasound to find out what's going on. And that's a lot to take on. Plus 
finding out that her mom has su had survived cancer five times. Yeah. So you know that that's something that runs in your family. So it must have been really, really scary for her. And I just felt for her in this episode. I felt I felt like she takes on a lot because she takes she not only takes care of her mom, she takes care of her six grandkids. And now she's trying to take care of herself by finding happiness and traveling and Nigeria and all that. It's just a lot on her plate, I felt. I felt for Angela this episode a lot. Yeah, Angela has a lot going on. And it was it was kind of concerning for me when I heard her say that she's now having her period again at 54. Um, I did look it up and at the average age for a woman's like final period, last period is about age 52. So she is two years out of that, you know, that age. And um, th that, that would have been concerning for me as well. I thought it was interesting that they said, or that she said that a doctor in Nigeria told her that she does have an egg, but the doctor that she visited in her hometown said that um, she didn't find an egg. And that at this point, her chances of getting pregnant are zero unless she goes the in vitro fertilization route. Um, so I think, I think it's admirable though, that she is pretty determined to tote this baby herself. Um, I just, I, I think she's, I think she's taking the right and the necessary precautions to make sure she's healthy and able to do it before she does it because she's already at a heightened risk due to her age. But we've seen it happen before. I've seen, look at Janet Jackson. She had a baby in her fifties. So it's definitely possible. So I, I, I'm all for it. As long as she's healthy and she's not putting her life at risk or the baby's life at risk, then go for it, Angela. I agree. I agree. I just thought that that was a hard, cause that's just such a personal thing. So like kudos to her to be open to sharing that because I even think that there are a lot of things that I don't even know. And I'm a grown woman. Yeah. And so for her to be able to share that journey, I just thought was, was, kind of like a crack into like real world, even though we're watching reality TV, this is stuff that, and even in, I think in the live chat, they talk about how, uh, you know, infertility is extremely difficult. And she's like, I felt, uh, Monica thought that they shouldn't have shown it, but I think that it's good to show it because it, it allows us to have the conversations and it allows us to talk about women's health and perhaps things that we, do not know like I learned a lot of stuff just watching this episode right so agreed I I, I um I thought it was important as well that they brought up the fibroids conversation because I know that's a big deal especially with African-American women um we we have fibroids heavily in our community so mm -hmm. I think those things that conversation definitely needs to be had um it is uncomfortable but you know, I think that we, we need to have that conversation out in the open and people need to feel comfortable speaking about the challenges that they, you know, come across mm -hmm. with that. All right. So do we want to move on to Sinjin and Tanya? Let's do it. All right, you guys. So they moved out of the she shed. So that's pretty cool. Um, Tanya's injured. They moved out of the, the she shed. Uh, but Sinjin is actually having cabin fever and he is ready to hightail it up out of Connecticut, honey. It is snowing. He's cold. He's like, I ain't got time for this. I'm from South Africa. I need to be, you know, somewhere a little bit warmer than this. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that they moved into their new place, but no one's working. 
And I think I mentioned this last week too. Uh, they're living off their savings. So that's good that they were at least prepared. We saw some preparation there. And that's one thing about Tanya that I can say is good. She is a preparer, although she's, she's a planner and a preparer, although she can be a bit intense. She does make sure business is taken care of. So I will say that about her. Um, they have a conversation with Tanya, Sinjin, and her sister. And the cause of concern is Sinjin's drinking. Now, it's revealed that Sinjin had a previous employer who spilled the beans that Sinjin was drinking on the job, got drunk, started destroying a lot of the employer's property and, you know, basically spazzed out at work. And that stopped him from getting a new job. He also has no shame in having a beer at 10 a.m. in the morning. Now, let me say this. Before I watched the episode and I just watched the clips, I, I automatically just thought Tanya was being dramatic. But after hearing the backstory and hearing what's really going on, I do think that Sinjin's my guy. I like Sinjin. But I do think that Sinjin might need to, you know, bring it back a little bit. And for Tanya to say, hey, I drink a lot. So for me to say that Sinjin drinks a lot actually says something. Linda, what are your thoughts? Okay, first I want to ask you this. Do you, because I want everyone to remember that they said that they've only been married for five months. Mm -hmm. It's only been five months. And to me, this little snippet seemed way, I don't know. Like, do you think that this is five months in married behavior? Just think about it. From who? From both of them? From both of them. Um, mm. I want to also clarify this. So they originally were trying to get him a work visa. And on the work visa, he listed his previous employers. And she said, oh, you shouldn't list them. And because he listed them and they did a background check, that's when they found out about him, like, breaking a chair and all of that stuff. And because that uh, work visa didn't didn't pan out, that's why they went to get a K-1 visa, a spousal visa, which I think is a huge thing if you think about it, because they originally were just going to have him come in on a work visa, and that didn't work. So now they're like, hey, well, I guess we're going to get married. That says a lot to me about the relationship from the get-go. Um, and then moving forward, I think that it's interesting. Yeah, you can live on your savings for so long. And yeah, you have a broken foot. Um, but you guys are both not working. Like, how is your bills are going to pile up in the next little while? Then what? And so he wants to go back to bartending. And they talk about this whole um, drinking. And he's like, if I want a beer at 10 in the morning, then I'm going to have a beer at 10 in the morning. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think that it's just not a good thing. It's not, it's not a good thing at all. I might've frozen up here. Let me just check. Um, so the live chat, Lita P answered your question. There we are. She said, um, she said, no, she does not think this is normal behavior for a new, a couple that's only been married for five months. Um, geek girl said it should still be the honeymoon, huh? Like, right. Um, and Jean Wilson said, Tanya knew what a free spirit Sinjin was. She's trying to change him because 
change him and that never works. And Nakia Emanuel said, I wouldn't be surprised if Tanya woke up and Sinjin was MIA. He seems like the kind to just be a nomad. And I agree with all of that. Like Sinjin just intrinsically, innately is a free spirit. He does not like boundaries, borders, limitations, guidelines, rules. Sinjin wants to live how he wants to live, which is fine, but you just kind of got to set up your own situation to do that like you you can't probably go into a marriage and you probably don't need to be working for anybody you got to work for yourself and you know you can you can be free to a certain extent but there's always somebody to answer to um so anyways that that that's my thoughts on it i i, I don't know how long they're last i i'm actually surprised that they even are still married um because i thought that they were done donezo I thought they were done last year. Linda, you remember when we went to the TLC event, I, we just kind of assumed that Tanya and Sinjin were no more. So. I mean, good on them for for powering through it and and really trying to make it work. I'm I'm shocked too. I'm just wondering where this relationship is going to go because it seems to me like they're like you said there are two different Spaces. I think that he wants to like travel and even if he's married, I think he still doesn't want to be tied down in the sense that he doesn't want to be tied down with the house and a kid and, you know, a mortgage and all of those responsibilities. He wants to continue how he met her traveling and exploring and having a good time. And I think that she wants to settle down and have some kids and all of that. And so I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens between the two of them. All right. Um, all right. So why don't we move on to news and gossip? You got some tea for it? Let's do it. News and gossip. So I want to start out first with Larissa. Okay. So Larissa uh, took to her Instagram and she didn't hold anything back because she was is that she's not getting the exposure that she thinks that she deserves. Uh, She said that she was quote unquote shocked that TLC only gave her four minutes of airtime on this latest episode of 90 day fiance happily ever after. Um, She felt like she deserved a longer screen time and more time than anyone else, uh, including Colt or his new girlfriend, Jess. She said, wow, no airtime for me. The person that brought ratings to 90 Day Fiance season six and happily ever after uh, season four. Um, So she was really, really upset. And then she went on to say that, and I'll just pull it up right here. Wow, no airtime to me. The person that brought the ratings, don't ask me to do this shit again, period. And she said, canceling cable tomorrow. Since today, I'm not going to mention happily ever after on my social medias anymore. What do you think of that? What does that have to do with canceling cable? And you have to have an interesting storyline for them to give you airtime. You don't have that at this point. When you were with Cult, the storyline was interesting. So you just got to get a better storyline. You get more airtime, right? I mean, they brought her back for a reason, right? And I think it's just like I remember with um, situation. We didn't see that much of Darcy this past season either, because there wasn't much. There wasn't too much going on. We saw a repetitive storyline with them. So you can't give. What else is there to talk about? 
Well, I think it's this. I think that you shouldn't, uh, what is the saying with the gift horse in the mouth? You shouldn't do that because you're establishing a relationship with TLC. And we've seen that with Angela. We've seen that with Darcy. They bring their people back in different forms. And, you know, we saw Angela a few seasons back where she was only in a couple of episodes. And now she's like back in this one. So it's like, you can't just look at your immediate moment and this one episode and freak out and it's just a little bit i i like larissa's character uh i just think that she's having a diva moment right now Mm -hmm. the 90-day fame is getting to everybody's head in 2020 right um and then speaking of larissa uh so there is a rumor out that larissa has not been 100 percent honest with um her backstory and so i'm gonna read this and then i'm gonna talk about it so there's a post uh i grabbed this from soap dirt it says the thing about it is she kept getting pregnant and dumping them if you don't want to raise any of your children don't keep breeding and for some reason uh she lies about the number of children she had when she was married to anderson they had raul uh when he was about two she left him and his dad Marcos and her had Ari. She left when Ari was just seven months and never even calls to check on him. Then she and Luciano had Luan. She uh, is the child or was the child. Uh, She's claiming that she was planning to bring to the U.S., but that was never true. Her dad adopted her. She truly appears and then she truly appears to have no feelings toward her kids at all. It's very sad for those children. So she's kind of being trolled online right now about um, worrying too much about her exterior and and getting like all the Botox and the butt lift and the eyebrows and the this and the lips and the that. And I mean, we don't know what she does, right? We don't know if she sends money home or all of this stuff. But uh, this story goes on to say that uh, she hasn't seen her kids since 2018. And we're now in 2020. And uh, she has like no contact with them and she hasn't gone back to spend time with them. So I don't know. What do you think of that, Ashley? I mean, like you said, we don't know really what she does, but the fact that she's not going to spend time with her kids is, it's different. Like you don't hear that really as a mother, you know what I mean? Like moms are usually the ones that are really in it. And it's not like she's off struggling with drugs or things like that. She's, Seems to be pretty able-bodied and of a decent mind to be able to be able to take care of her kids. So it's it's confusing to me why she's not doing that. And like a lot of people are saying in the live chat, she's so worried about cosmetic surgery and so worried about now ratings and if she's getting exposure and attention. I just think overall her priorities are in the wrong place. So she's gonna have to pay for that. Her kids are not going to be happy with her the older they get. So hopefully she can turn this around and, and all this heat that she's getting and backlash backlash that she's getting, she takes heed to it and starts to really develop a relationship with her kids and be a mother. Yeah. And, I mean, and she might have a better storyline. Bring the kids on. Here's the thing. I just, I think that again, I'm just going to say, I feel like she's having a diva moment. I think that you got to look at the longevity of things and, we're only in episode two. You don't know if you're going to be the star of, of episode three or four or five. 
we have just gotten started in the season. So I just think settle down. Like it's so what you got four minutes, they're laying out your storyline, whatever that may be. And the storyline might get juicy. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Moving on to Colt. So Father's Day was yesterday and we saw a lot of the 90 day family post photos of their beautiful children. Uh, I pulled out this because as you've noticed, Colt doesn't really mention his dad. So I pulled a picture from his Instagram and he's saying happy Father's Day to all the dads. He doesn't talk about his dad much, but uh, he was a good person. And I just thought, look at this photo of his dad and Mother Debbie. Mother Debbie was, you know, we saw some pictures of her before. and She had a little bit of fashion sense for back in the day. I don't know if that's, I don't know when that is. Um, It's looking kind of 70-ish to me. So I just thought, wow, like that's kind of a special uh, moment and kind of puts Colt in a little bit of a different light for me, at least, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm not a super fan of his. As well as uh, Colt is, he does cameos. uh, He does this fan art thing where he does art, which I didn't know Colt was an artist. So he makes postcards and he sells them online. And he will sign and write a personal message on the back of it. And as you can see, he does a lot of like animal photos, but he's, he's artistic guys. Who knew? Um, so he has jumped on that whole uh, market yourself and brand yourself online. You know, a good on cult for that. And then I wanted to talk about Jess. So guys, if you do not want to be spoiled and you have not already heard this, then you should cover your ears But uh, we're going to find out this season that Jess and Colt don't last. Jess actually has another boyfriend already. And that boyfriend was introduced to her by Larissa. And so I just want to pull this up. So uh, the two supposedly, so Colt and Jess supposedly only dated for a few months before they broke up. Um, Apparently the breakup was super, super messy. And we are going to get a chance to see what that messy looks like on air, which, you know, is going to bring in the ratings, I'm sure. Um, Colt has been seeing another woman behind Jess's back. Can you guess, guys, who that is? No. You know, women, you know that sick, sixth sense you have? And it is kind of sick because we have it. But the sixth sense you have where something is not right? Always yeah. go with that because it's true. So uh, Jess had that sense about Vanessa. And remember, Colt said that's just a friend. It's a gym friend. Well, turns out that he's been dating Vanessa this whole time and was dating Vanessa behind Jess's back because they were in a long-distance relationship. So goes back to Vegas, has this girlfriend, Vanessa, um, and that's kind of what exploded their relationship. Um, and then Jess was introduced to Brian Handy. And if you guys remember that name, Brian is the artist who Larissa and Eric were in his music video. Uh, so you caught, you caught all that? Brian is the boyfriend of Jess. Jess got introduced to Brian through Larissa. Larissa and Eric were in Brian's music video. And now Colt is out of the picture. Colt is with Vanessa who we haven't met, but we've seen on social media and we've heard that name before. Phew. Got it? It's a lot. Got it? Good. 
Um, and then I just wanted to end news and gossip with something a little interesting to me. Okay. Then on the Father's Day um, parade, because yesterday was Father's Day, uh, Karini posted a really cute picture of Paul and Pierre matching in the blue, Paul pulling him down the street. And uh, I just thought that was a really cute photo. But what I thought was really interesting is that when I went to Paul's Instagram page, Paul only has one photo up, and it's actually a video of Pierre. And he is taking a break, a temporary break from social media. So he's pulled all his photos and has archived them. And he's on break. And I completely can respect that. I've done that in the past. I've not so much pulled the pictures, but I've taken a break from social media. So that's what he's doing. So it may help him. It may help him because he's not going to get into any trouble by spilling anything because we know he can be a hothead sometimes. So it might help him during the season where he doesn't let anything leak on his end. Oh, yeah. Paul cleared that social media right on up. (laughs) He probably just needs to focus on finding, you know, like making sure his family is financially set, finding work if he hasn't found that already, and, you know, just focusing on the things that really matter. Yeah. So shout out to Paul. I'm not, speaking of Father's Day and 90 Day Fiance, am I the only one? You guys in the live chat, let me know too. Linda, you let me know. Did you know that uh, Tom had a daughter? Yeah, I just found that out yesterday on Father's Day and I had no idea. Apparently he has a 12-year-old daughter um, and posted a little video of her saying Happy Father's Day, but that was news to me. Very shocking, especially how he, you know, his attitude towards women. So, Right. Um, let's do a quick prediction and, uh, we'll move it on out. Okay. So my prediction slash prayer is that Angela is healthy and okay. And, um, that she actually is able to have this miracle baby that she wants to have. I'm all for it. Like I said, we've seen Janet Jackson do it. We've seen Kenya Moore do it. We've seen women in their fifties, you know, yep. the, I guess, tradition of having babies only in your 20s or in your 30s. So I'm here for it. I love it. Um, My prediction is that Larissa is going to meet someone this season and we're going to see it on, like, in the season that maybe that blind date or someone else, but it's going to be someone substantial and that she's been hiding it from us this whole time. That's my prediction. guys thank you so much for joining us we love you live chat we're so happy that you're back we love interacting with you um make sure like and subscribe share this video guys with your friends uh so that we can start spreading the word about all the after buzz 90 day shows that we do and uh just keep our tribe up you know where to find me all across social media at Linda is so girly. And where can they find you, Ashley? Yes, you guys can find me on Instagram at Ms. Ashley Marie. You can also find me on Twitter at Ashley Bowden or Ashley Marie 0422. Yay, guys, till tomorrow. So tomorrow we're doing The Other Way. Wednesday we have uh, our weekly news and gossip show. So make sure to tune in and we'll see you then. Bye for now. Tomorrow, bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. 
Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.